it's beautiful to know that it's not just here in Texas that we're celebrating how bilingual is beautiful. It's across the world. And even if it's not English, Spanish, even if it's, you know, French and, and Arabic, it's a celebration because being capable of speaking two languages is never a deficit, ever. Having an accent is never a deficit. It's something to celebrate. Hello, friends, and welcome to season five of the Future Ready Librarian podcast series, Leading from the Library. This is a podcast for all librarians, wherever you are in your journey. It is filled with amazing guests, important topics, and engaging conversations that will inspire, engage, and support all of us as future ready librarians. I am your host, Shannon McClintock Miller. I am the district teacher librarian at Van Meter Community School in Van Meter, Iowa, and I serve as the future ready librarian spokesperson. I have the pleasure of working within my library and school community and also with others around the country and world through future ready librarian events, conferences, consulting, writing, and more. I am honored to bring these voices and the work of others to our podcast and to all of you. And today I'm really excited to invite a new friend and someone that I follow her work on Twitter. And I was really happy to invite you, Miranda, to our show. So thank you for joining me. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. I I am so excited to have you. And I'm going to have you introduce yourself in a second and tell us more about you. But today's topic, which I just love, and I can't wait to hear what you have to share with us, is bilingual is beautiful. And so first, let's just start by having you tell us more about you. So my name is Miranda Quintero. I am an elementary school librarian in Fort Worth, Texas, which is close to Dallas, but not Dallas. Uh, We are a pre-K three through fifth grade campus. So I work with from three-year-olds all the way up to fifth grade. And uh, our campus is also a bilingual uh, two-way and one-way campus. So we have some classes that are one-way model where the students are all native Spanish speakers and their classes are given in English and Spanish. And then there's also the bilingual two-way model classes, which are classes that have students who are native English speakers and native Spanish speakers, and they are all together within a bilingual class learning each other's languages. Oh. So I um, I enjoy what I do. I'm grateful to have the position. Um, I get to see every single student from three-year-olds all the way up to fifth grade every single week. Oh, that's great. It says here that you, um, were you in a classroom before you were a librarian? Yes, I was a classroom teacher for eight years. I taught bilingual fifth grade uh, classes, literacy mostly. Um, I did teach a little bit of science and social studies as well. And uh, so fifth grade is kind of my comfort zone. I It's funny because a lot of people don't feel that way about fifth grade. If you work in elementary school, fifth grade is kind of that, oh, wow, okay, you enjoy that. Um, but I love working with fifth grade. And um, I did literacy and I knew that l- library was kind of always a trajectory for me. It was just kind of a question of when. And um, so spending that time in the fifth grade classroom and really helping those students learn to love reading as they're about to go into middle school really prepared me to get into the library. 
Yeah, I bet it did. I think that it's always good when, you know, you have that experience and then you go in the library to know like what you would love to do different, like mm-hmm. what you would want to add, mm-hmm. which Absolutely. is which is really amazing. So the topic bilingual is beautiful. Tell us more about like what you're passionate about. So I was a bilingual classroom teacher before, and now I consider myself a bilingual librarian. So I'm not just a a school librarian. I'm a bilingual school librarian because it does make a difference. Um, My handles on social media are bilingual bib on Twitter and bilingual biblioteca on Instagram. So it's um, kind of become my persona uh, that I am passionate about providing equitable resources to bilingual students and providing them with fair access to materials and to programming and lessons in languages that are going to provide them with the same experience as monolingual speakers. Uh, So it doesn't mean that my monolingual students aren't a priority as well. However, I know that in the United States, especially here in Texas, there are quite a few students, families, um, you know, our community that is Spanish speaking. And uh, just because their language isn't the primary language of the school or the community doesn't mean that they shouldn't have equal access as well. I have a master's in bilingual education, so I have the, the theoretical background and know the importance that it is providing that representation and providing that access to those students. So it's my, really my biggest passion is making sure that all students are provided with what they need and, and those bilingual students especially um, coming into a library, into a space where they know that they're valued and loved. Mm, that's amazing. I, I want to come visit now your library. Yay. Yes, please come on down. So the things that, the things that, that, that I'm curious about, like I'm here in the middle of, of Iowa mm-hmm. and we have very few students in our school who speak Spanish, maybe a mm-hmm. handful of five this year, I think. And I think about the kids and I ask the teachers that they work with how we can support them. But as you came into the library, like just what changes or how do you go about even starting like for people who are listening to make sure that we represent everyone? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think so starting out the first thing is getting to know your population and I'm new to my campus that I'm at this year. And so I knew that it was going to be a little bit different. It's still within the same district, but it's a new campus for me. So getting to know the the population, the patrons and knowing kind of what is important to them and what needs that they have before just going in and blind purchasing a whole bunch of materials and trying to throw the same exact thing that worked at another campus or in another location onto them, getting to know them and and really what's important to them. Uh, We in Fort Worth ISD, we have a bilingual model that is considered a biliteracy, bilingual enrichment model. And so students are um, leaving fifth grade with the hope of having a strong foundation in being bilingual, biliterate and bicultural uh, students. And so me coming in knowing that's the the mission, I'm not just buying materials because they're in Spanish, because while they're in Spanish, that should be good enough. And so uh, especially in terms of like a monolingual librarian coming into a space 
with bilingual students, just because something is in Spanish doesn't mean it's it's high quality or that it is appropriate for a grade level. I have gone into libraries, unfortunately, that have had books in Spanish for elementary schoolers that are YA books in Spanish. And I sit here and think, well, this YA book would not be appropriate for an elementary school kid in English. Why did we buy it in Spanish? That, that doesn't it doesn't compute. So just because it's in Spanish doesn't mean that it's appropriate and and really going to be representative of what they need. So finding out what are the what are the levels that we're reading at? Are we are we lower than we need to be? Okay, well then let's focus on books that are going to be a little bit lower on the spectrum. And then if there's not reviews, what do you do? I am part of the Tejas Star Reading List Committee, which is through uh, the Texas Library Association. So our reading list committee actually compiles a list of 20 books every year. Uh, this year, we, we've been receiving a ton of books for submissions this year. Uh, COVID kind of impacted the amount of submissions we had in the past couple of years, but we have received quite a few um, publications and publishers are starting to see that bilingual is beautiful and that it's needed. And so they are start simultaneously publishing many more books. I know that I was just told by one of my vendors yesterday that Penguin Random House is actually purchasing um, publishers and working with various publishers that they're acquiring. And they are reviewing translated books that they had already uh, published previously. And they're reviewing the translations and saying, this isn't good enough. This isn't good enough for our students here in the United States. This is based on Spanish from Spain. This isn't good enough. We're going to retranslate it and we're going to republish it. And so they re they're actually republishing quite a few titles. And now a lot of the books that they're um, that are new published 22 copyright titles are now being translated into much more of a American, we'll say American Spanish versus Spain Spanish. So it's making it more accessible to students here, which is fantastic. So um, long story short, monolingual librarians really get to know who your, your students are and what they need and ask them what they need. Ask them what's their interest. What can I get for you that's gonna make you feel like you're represented here? And, and don't be afraid to be vulnerable in that situation. I don't know what I'm doing. You help me, you're the expert on you. Tell me what you need. So being open to being vulnerable and, and finding out what they need. Oh, that's great. That's such great advice. And I think too about, you know, it's so important on how we support our teachers and how mm -hmm. we're helping them. I'm sure that your teachers like absolutely love that you are within your school helping in that way. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Teachers, we have um, on in every grade level, we have at least two teachers who are bilingual teachers. And so even the monolingual teachers know that they may see a bilingual class or they are interacting with their teammates who are teaching bilingual students. And so uh, helping them provide them with resources as well is really important. We have a new reading curriculum this year that is uh, very text heavy and is requiring quite a few more trade books. And so we're making sure that we're getting those things as much as we can to help support the teachers as well in the classroom because um, they they need it. They need it to be successful. And so we once again, the patrons aren't just the students, the patrons are also the teachers and, and the families in the community. 
Yeah. I was just going to ask about the families too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the families it's, I, it's been hard because for the past essentially three years, this campus has not had parents in the building in a lot where they haven't had hardly any events. So it's been a very slow start for me getting to know the families. And um, look, we're in an area that is a disenfranchised community. It's it's not been provided the resource it, it needs historically. So now we're coming in and trying to provide that to these families. And so something that hasn't historically been done is now trying to be done. And it's almost like a, a shock for families. Okay, well, you can actually help me. We had a, a mother come in and She's enrolling her student late and she said, okay, well, you know, is it okay if I can bring her back on Monday, not tomorrow, which it was like a Thursday. Can I bring her on Monday instead? Cause I've got to get uniforms for her. And I just, um, I don't know how I'm going to get the uniforms. And luckily, you know, our parent liaison says, oh no, don't worry about it. Like what size is she? We'll get you some uniforms. We'll take care of this. And the look on her face was, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I don't have to worry about this. So um, where we are coming in and saying, hey, we've got you is not something parents expect, but once they are receiving it, feel so grateful and so relieved that they're not the only ones. We're, we're the village and we're here to help too. That is amazing. What a great school you're in. Yes, it's, it really is. Love we have that. a great staff, very cohesive, very ready to, to hit the ground running and, and really willing to give for yeah. the families. So when we walk into your library, like what, what would we see that maybe we, that would be different? And and how do you, I even think about, you know, not only the books that you have on your shelf, but I'm sure mm-hmm. there's that you do in your library that are really special as well. Yes. So is Hispanic heritage month or Latinx yeah. heritage month, Latine, however you want to say. And, um, one of the things that I for sure, and I mean, this is not some, this is not an exception for, for Latinx Heritage Month. It's also going to be the same for, for Native American Heritage and for Black History Month and everything. Um, but making that focus on, okay, the books that we're reading together are going to be something that's representative of my culture. It's going to be something that is representative of my language. And uh, so even with my monolingual classes, we're reading books like El Cucuy is Scared Too. And it has books, the book is peppered with Spanish words. And so I'll read the Spanish and I'll look at them and say, what do you think that means? Oh, well, I think it maybe means this. And we have these discussions. So it, it is it is elevating that culture, that language and saying that this is valid too. This is very, very important. We need to be giving this respect to this. So if I if I can show you that I'm giving respect to this, you can too. It's going to create a better community for all of us because we're welcoming those differences as uh, as a positive and celebrating them versus looking down on them and saying, oh, well, you read that kind of book. Uh, that's not me. I don't do that. Or that's that's the, the legend you have in your family. I've never even heard of that. Whatever. Weird. It's, it's a celebration. We should be looking and learning versus just stepping away. Yeah, I love that. In in our um, library, we have like decorations, we have all of our mm-hmm. books pulled and, and it's so important for us to, like you said, not only celebrate whatever traditions that we might have or around cultures, 
But I think one of the great things about libraries and what we can bring as school librarians is bringing these these different cultural events and mm -hmm. stories and legends and people. And I think that's one of the best things about being a librarian. Absolutely. And I walked into this library and when my school district transferred into a bilingual model, it was quite a few years ago, but once library books were starting to be purchased, there was a, such a small amount of library books that the Spanish books were just interfiled with the English books. As time went on, the years went on, they continued to just interfile them. And some libraries, once they got enough, started separating the, the collections and some just left them intermixed. So when I walked into this library, it was everywhere. Spanish books were intermixed everywhere, which sounds like, oh, well, that shouldn't be a problem. That should be a good thing, right? You're not othering the language. You're making sure that it's all present and available. And in my perspective and my experience, that didn't work for my population because it was almost hiding the, yeah. the Spanish and bilingual books. And so students were not able to find what they were looking for because they were looking or, you know, my monolingual students were pulling out a book and saying, I want this book because it's about Woody from Toy Story. And I say, well, that's in Spanish. Do you read in Spanish? No, but I like the pictures. Okay, well, go ahead and look through the pictures. That's fine. Just know that you won't understand what you're reading. And so instead, what I did is I took the Spanish uh, books, I took the English books, I separated them into different sections within the same area. So the nonfiction Spanish books are still along one wall. The nonfiction Spanish are along the wall right next to it. So it's not that they're in a whole nother section, like this half of the library is Spanish and this half is English. It's that if you're looking for space books in Spanish, you're going to find them right here. If you're looking for space books in English, it's going to be over here. And that's okay because now you know exactly what you're looking for and you can find it versus, I don't know, I'm looking for a space book. Let me just pull this one. Not sure of which language it's going to be in, even though there's yellow stickers on the spine that tell you <laughs> Spanish. Yeah. Students don't pay that close of attention. So um, that actually has really helped too in uh, promoting the books. And I moved the, the Spanish uh, picture books to a more central location. And so instead of just having them intermixed on, on the shorter shelves, they're on higher stacks. And I have them much more on display. I have some front facing. And so those students who come in who are bilingual students walk in and see oh, these books are for me. I can read these. So they feel really, I think, I think they feel really seen. I am, that's my hope is that they feel really seen. And then, um, you know, they walk in and say, oh, this is my section. I can find something here. And, you know, while they're bilingual, they can find in English as well. It just feels really good. I think for them to walk in and say, oh, this big open section right here, that's me. I can go there. That is so that's neat. I, I was mm -hmm. wondering that how, you know, your library looked and how you had it organized. Mm -hmm. so that's so wonderful. I Absolutely. love it. So when people are um, maybe like looking for resources or publishers to work for, like what tips do you have for, for people to find besides you? <laughs> right. Of course I know. Um, yeah. Following, following people on social media, there's quite a few different accounts that I have um, that I have followed. I mean, find me for sure on social media. Um, and then I will, I'm constantly trying to share out as many people as I know besides social media, 
I have found a lot of success with, um, like I said, Penguin Random House has been purchasing a whole bunch of different publishers, looking at their translations, making sure they're solid. My biggest thing is obviously go to they have star reading list. It's through TLA. It is a list that has been the translations are reviewed. We're not just reading these books and saying, oh, this is nice. We're reading the English book and the Spanish book. And we're saying, does this translation hold up? Is it conveying the same meaning? Is it providing a good representation of what the English version is saying? And if it's in an only Spanish, we're also reviewing, is this story making sense? Is this high quality literature? Is this something that is appealing to children? So that, if you go back, there's there's 20 books every year. You can go back, you know, 10 years worth and that you're looking at 200 books. So that's a, that's a really good start to start with. <coughs> Excuse me. As well as um, really uh, following authors who are publishing these books. Finding these authors that you know are providing quality titles and all their friends are most likely providing quality titles as well. Um, you know, I really enjoy seeing the support that bilingual authors give to other bilingual authors because they know, hey, our voices aren't being heard that much. Let's share it out. Let's shout it out. Let's make sure that everyone knows this is what I'm doing. This is how it's going. So uh, finding those right people, who would I recommend? I mean, my favorite is always Yuyu Morales is amazing. She's great. Everything that she writes is fantastic and beautiful and wonderful. I, I have not found a book of hers that I don't love. Um, <laughs> I have been following uh, Raul III, Raul Gonzalez, for a while. He does the Vamos series. That's a really great series that it's a really good bridge from, from English to Spanish. So Vamos, let's go to market. Vamos, let's cross the bridge. These are really great themes and topics about the, the Hispanic culture, the Mexican culture, that are a great bridge because they're in English with a little bit of Spanish in it, that it's going to be able to tie over to, to monolingual readers as well and provide that support. I could go into a million more, but I know that our time is also precious. No, I can just listen to you forever talk about them. So we'll have to make sure some of those two are in the notes for the Yes, podcast. absolutely. And then tell people where they can, again, like where they can follow you on social. Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm at bilingual bibliotecaria. Bibliotecaria is how you say uh, librarian in Spanish, uh, female librarian. And um, on Twitter, it's uh, the Twitter shortens a handle. So I couldn't get the whole name in it on Twitter. It's just at bilingual bib. Um, and so those are places you can follow me. I am more active on Instagram. I've been learning to love Twitter a bit more. So I am trying to, to bulk up my presence there as well. And, um, you know, I have been able to reach so many different people uh, on Twitter. I posted a picture of a sticker that I designed that says Leer es Poder. So Leer es Poder means reading is power, reading is knowledge, depending on how you translate it, which is why I also love that phrase. It's kind of my little like tagline, Leer es Poder. Reading is knowledge, reading is power. And, um, what I love about Twitter is whenever you post something and someone retweets it, all their followers see it. And then someone else retweets it and all their followers see it. And so you're reaching, you know, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people just because a few people retweet, which is a beautiful thing. And so I had gotten a whole bunch of, of these stickers and I said, Hey guys, I have these stickers. 
I'd love to send them out to as many people as possible. Let me know if you, if you want one, I, they're free. I just want to give them out to you guys. And so I was able to send my stickers to, uh, I, I, I didn't end up finally counting, but it was almost all 50 States oh, and, uh, Canada and Australia. So it's beautiful to know that it's not just here in Texas that we're celebrating how bilingual is beautiful. It's across the world. And even if it's not English, Spanish, even if it's, you know, French and, and Arabic, it's a celebration because being capable of speaking two languages is never a deficit ever. Having an accent is never a deficit. It's something to celebrate. Oh, that reminds me of Dr. Jose Medina as well. I don't know if you ever follow anything that he does on, on social media. He is fantastic. He works for um, the Center for Applied Linguistics. He is a fantastic instructor. He does uh, professional developments. But really what I love him for is he makes a ton of TikToks talking about uh, kind of the othering that has become of uh, being bilingual. And wh what are you saying? My Spanglish isn't acceptable. My Spanglish means that I can speak two languages. That's an okay thing. And, and providing those kind of comebacks for people who are saying, oh, why are you doing that? He's, he's really providing such a beautiful repertoire of celebrating being bilingual, being uh, Latinx in the US situation <laughs> and uh, providing us with just this great sense that I'm good, I'm accepted here and that's a good thing and that's okay. Oh, that's wonderful. We'll have to put his name in there too. So. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me. I loved this conversation and love following you and you're, you're doing amazing things. Thank so. you. Thank you. Shannon, I, I agree. You are doing wonderful things too. Thank you so much for your efforts with this podcast and everything that you do in your space as well. I love following you back. It's, it's oh. just so encouraging and great. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks everybody for joining us today. We just appreciate all, of course, that Miranda shared, and we can't wait to just continue to follow you and, and learn together. You can find her information attached to this podcast, along with a certificate of professional development you can download and fill out to use. As always, thank you to all of our listeners for joining us for this episode of the Future Ready Library and Podcast Series, Leading from the Library. And a very special thank you to our sponsors, Follett. You make a difference in our libraries, schools, and within our lives and that of our students every day. We appreciate everything that you do. I hope that you can take what you learned in today's podcast and put it to use within your practice as a future ready librarian. Until next time, friends, keep finding ways to lead within and from your library. Mm -hmm.